All right, Brad, we are back for the video folks. I think we're going to test live streaming to our Facebook page every week. So we'll go live to Facebook. We're not going to go live to YouTube because uh, the YouTube page that we post to is not a baseball page. So it doesn't just necessarily get all kinds of baseball hits. But I do like to keep it there as an archive in case people want to check it out. So, yeah, we're going to go to our page. There's almost 700 people on that page. Maybe we'll start getting some more. We'll post to YouTube just so it's out there in the wild if people want to find us. But for you podcast listeners, who gives a crap? You guys don't care. <laughs> this is the, this is exactly where you listen yeah. to us anyways. You're just hearing um, the goods. So, so, Brad, what's going on? How was uh, your week? Uh, you know, it started out, I'm trying to, uh, these, uh, I was helping the young one with math. I don't understand math now. Okay. Which, so, so which I'm, grade, I'm what, grade are, what grade are we talking about? Seventh grade math. I mean, I think my <laughs> seventh grade math, right? You would think, uh, I mean, is Crystal's, a uh, an educator, correct? Yeah. She works in education. Yes. Yeah. Tell her to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell her to make it so i understand what the heck i'm doing yeah i don't know i mean uh, yeah, so it was it was the uh, finding inequalities in in uh word problems which i mean if you know everybody has their struggles in math and i know a lot of people's struggles in math yeah. are word problems oh good lord so you can't just say like solve for x or no. like isolate the variable like none no. of that stuff works no it's Man. it's it's got a lot to do with the whole you know so and so has seven hundred dollars and they wanted this and that and is that equal to or greater than and then you've got to do like i don't know i so I, sometimes i have to employ the 15 year old I'm like, hey, can you come <laughs> there you go you just did this a couple of years ago you help out <laughs> so, and, and and if you know if, if she's like oh i got so much stuff do you like you know here's a 20 that money talks in this house. I'll tell yeah. you that, man. She, there's, uh, there's lunch. Oh, yeah. She was big on that. I told her today. I said, you want to help out? You want to make a little <laughs> extra money? She goes, oh. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you a little bit about the East Side High School District math education. My yeah. uh, geometry teacher, he was also an assistant coach on the football team. Nice. He said, here's how you spell hypotenuse. You get high <laughs> when pot is in use. <laughs> Eastside East East Union District, man. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yes. I, I also went to a public school in the in the South Bay and uh I I can't remember math. I can't remember anything from any of that stuff. A lot of people love math. I don't get it. I I mean, now I use it, but see, now the thing is you and I being radio, television and film and times yeah. and you and I are great at like adding and subtracting <laughs> in 60 seconds, in 60 seconds. 30 yeah. frame intervals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's exactly. perfect. But when you throw out like, you know, 92, it's like, we don't know 92. We only go up to 60. So, yeah, I actually have to do a lot of math in 60 second increments because in my normal job, because I'm looking for like time to response stuff and so i'm oh, getting yeah. like percentages of the minute and yes yeah that's, that's how we used to time out our reads on the on going live <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh okay so yeah 
So one other thing, people see me wearing no, my I don't hat want to talk here. About that. So uh, here's what I want to say. When the Rams were up 17 to zero <laughs> yesterday, yeah. I was like, you know what? I just got to own this one. I'm going to wear my hat. I'm going to let Brad crow for kicking us out of the playoffs. <laughs> I'm going to blame uh, everything evil in the world, including the coronavirus on Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, poor guy. And then they just came back. Like, I still don't understand yeah. really how it worked. And so just so you know, this is not here to crow. Brad and I aren't sports fans in that way. Anyways, like right. we don't razz yeah. each other about our teams. No, 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 no. We're, 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 we're very we're, thoughtful. We're realists too. Yeah. When it comes down to, I mean, the, the, the way that game went yesterday was the Rams went up 17. As soon as that first drive was over and the Rams only got three points out of it, but they looked really good and they got three points. I go, Oh, it's one of those games <laughs> where it's not going to be enough. Nothing's going to be enough. And, um, uh, Sure enough, you get to halftime, it's almost 17 nothing, But the Niners do a little drive down, kick three, and I go, now it's a 14-point game, and they got the ball. This is not going to go well. And, uh, it, you know, just again, being a Rams fan and being a fan, and, and your team back against the wall, fighting for their season lives, teams play different. I mean, it's you, it's it's Kyle Shanahan, right? Like, yeah, he is the the greatest play caller when you need to come from behind, but you put it on the other end. And we <laughs> saw when he was the assistant, I mean, the uh, coordinator of the Falcons and they blew that crazy lead yeah. to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then the Niners can't hold a lead in the Super Bowl in 2019. So it's just like, yeah, it, it's, it's a different thing. You know, it's a different thing. Belichick knows how to, you know, game plan both ways. He's very comfortable in both ways, but Man, I, I will say there's one the 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 reason why you and I aren't like these crazy wacko fans razzing each other and stuff is because yeah. we know our teams very well and mm -hmm. we know the weaknesses of our teams very well. And we're not going to turn this into a football podcast, but I do have one question for Brad, which is tie ball game. Yes. Uh then going to overtime. Niners go up three. They also cannot get the ball in the end zone when they could have put the game away. Right. A tie helps out the Rams as well as the 49ers. They both Rams already in the playoffs with a tie Niners squeak in. And also with a tie, you still win the division, correct? Uh, they still win the division, but they probably fall to the three seed instead of the four seed. So, okay. I mean, you know, not a huge. And if they would have fallen to the three seed, guess what? They would have played the Niners <laughs> this weekend. So it would have been a rematch. <laughs> they tied. It would have been a re. It's like soccer in yeah. soccer, big soccer tournaments. Um, if you're in the regular stages and not in the semifinals, if there's a tie in the regular stage leading up to it in the knockout stages uh, it, in um, domestic cups, you they just reschedule like two weeks later. We'll play it again. Just play the whole game. That game didn't even count. So yeah. okay. So here's my question. <laughs> it's third down. Mm -hmm. Stafford throws the home run ball on third down. It gets intercepted. Yeah. Why did they not play for the three points? I think he just saw Beckham, one on one. Yeah, one on one beating his guy. He kind of threw off the back foot a little bit, couldn't step up into the pocket. I mean, the second half was a different story for the Rams' offensive line. The second half, the offensive line completely got 
outmanned, um, bombarded, shell shocked. Uh, there were, you know, it seemed like there were 47 players coming at the offensive <laughs> line every play. Um, so he just couldn't step into that throw. I think if he would have stepped into that throw, Beckham probably beats the guy by two or three steps, catches yeah, the ball, probably falls down, and he's in field goal range at that point. I but, thought he was, I thought he would have beat him for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, so, I couldn't ask for a other than not winning, you know, I couldn't ask for a better game because the first game on Monday night earlier in the season was just ugly as all hell. This was a fun game. It was entertaining. I was on up on the couch. I was down. I was rolling on the ground. I was running around the house. You know, I had a I had a blast. It was a really good time. So I I like those games. And then after the game, I was like, oh, you know, we won the division. Doesn't feel like it. But we're going to the playoffs. So yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, for 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 me, you know. You know, for me, the since the Super Bowl team, you know, the the last year's team, they should have been good. And then so many injuries. This year's team still have a handful of injuries. Everyone's dealing with injuries, and they kind of they still they still make it. So I'm I'm happy for that Yo, as well. Yeah. But you know, you guys can beat the Cardinals. Cardinals mm-hmm. are like four out of their last ten. Yeah, we play the Cowboys, and the stat that I look at first when I look at teams and the quality of teams is points for versus points against, so the point differential. I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFL with point differential. Now, they blew out some teams who probably weren't great, so that's part of it. But I know a lot of 49er fans are like, oh, we're going to go into Dallas. And I'm like, let's hold on here. (laughs) Dallas is actually pretty good. And in Dallas is always tough. So it'll be interesting because the the last four times the Niners have played the Cowboys in the playoffs – have been NFC title games mm-hmm. in 82, the famous catch. Then in 90, uh, in 92, Dallas whips us to not really whip us, but they beat us pretty well to go to their first Super Bowl in, in many years. Then in 93, they whip us. Yeah. Then in 94, <laughs> the Niners get a little bit of payback and they go to the Super Bowl. So those have always been big games. So there's a specialness with that rivalry. Even going back to the 70s, the Cowboys just always knocked the 49ers out of playoffs. So there's something there. I don't know if because it's been so long, because it's been 25, 27 years, yeah. people don't remember. There's a lot of younger fans. Like my kids have no idea really what it was like <laughs> for that rivalry where I'm just like hating everything that has to do with the Cowboys. And yes. so it'll be fun, but okay. That's well, enough of football. And, and they're Go both on track. If you take care of business the next two games and we take care of business the next two games, we could have an NFC championship. We could game do this again. Niner, so that could be we fun. Do it all again. All right. All right. Let's talk about some baseball news. So the only real piece of news that I could find actually happened today. The Mets looking to add to their coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Tried to have a little conversation with the Giants. They're like, hey, you got this guy on your bench. His name's Andrew Bailey. We would love to talk to him to possibly come onto our team. And I guess the way that the rule works is if it is for um, an advancement in Andrew's career. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, but it's it looks like it's for a lateral move. And the Giants can actually say no. Right. But if he was going to get a new role, more responsibility, bump and pay, I don't think they could have said no. But because it's basically the same role, just on a different team, they basically said no, because we're in the same situation as you guys, which is late in uh, in the offseason with 
a strike or not a strike, a lockout. And thus it'll be hard for us to find somebody. So they said no. So Andrew Bailey looks like we'll still be on the team. The only thing that I worry about stuff like that is what if Andrew Bailey wanted to go to the Mets because he possibly <laughs> saw, you know, maybe there's some advancement uh, in the future. Maybe that doesn't exist right now. Whereas, yeah, you know, I mean, the Giants have 75 coaches and it's like, you know, what, <laughs> what priority am I in that list? So that's the only yeah. thing I, I, I worry about a little bit is maybe a little unhappiness, but who knows? No, like I'm sure Andrews, you know, the Giants are the were the best team record wise in baseball last year. Yeah, so I'm sure he feels very valued in the organization. And, and I'm sure that's one of those situations too. Or I, I can't imagine they didn't go to Andrew Bailey at some point and say, "Are you even interested in that?" And and if he said, "No, I don't want to go to the Mets," uh, but another team maybe. So at that point, instead of them allowing him to do it. And then him going through the process, he might have just said, you know what? I don't even, I have zero desire to go over there and do that. So, I mean, they, they could have talked about it, I'm sure. Because, yeah, I'm sure there is some sort of animosity if you don't. You know, if the guy really wants to advance his career, a, play, a coach really wants to advance his career, and you tell him, no, sorry, man, you're under contract. Um, it could get weird, but I would imagine they would have talked to him. But who knows? You know, yeah. Behind the scenes. All right, so before we get into the meat of the show, what are we drinking here today? I just went, <clears throat> I was very thirsty after helping the kid with math there, and I was eating, <laughs> eating Triscuits, so I got real salty. So I um, I just went with the uh, Zevia ginger ale and uh, two gigantic ice balls in there, and uh, you know the two ounces of um, Riverboat Rye whiskey it sounds bourbon. delicious yeah it's a it's a thirst quencher we have a similar thirst quencher so yeah. <clears throat> as part of the new diet plan or eating plan or whatever um I, i'm really focusing on you know no sweeteners at all even artificial sweeteners even something like stevia i'm really trying to as far as as much as i can now there are treats here and there and look fruits have sugar in them as well oh, you yeah. can't stay away from all of it but um i'm on an iced tea kick so just unsweetened iced tea i throw a little bit of lemon juice or lime juice in it just for the citrus and so i tried i've never done this before but lemonade a little bit of uh, uh, i'm sorry iced tea a little bit of lemon juice big giant sphere of ice mm. and two ounces of Jack Daniels. So nice. It is an interesting flavor because I think if I had actual lemonade to put in it and you do the full Arnold Palmer kind of deal yeah. like that, I'm used to that a little bit more than this, but I feel okay that there's not, you know, that, that sugar from the lemonade and yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's good. But uh, I, yeah, I've been on the iced tea kick pretty much for the last uh, month or so. So I'm, uh, I'm, in, I'm enjoying this. Nice. I like that. I um, <clears throat> I used to drink iced tea. I actually used to brew my own back in the day where, uh, well, brew your own. I mean, I would take the, uh, like a big pot of water, put a bunch of tea bags in it and boil it and just get like really good and then throw it in the, or actually cut up some lemons too, squeeze them in there and throw mm -hmm. them in there and, and just brew it up and then stick it in the fridge and, and pretty much drink that for like a week or two. And, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I miss that. I got to start doing that again. All right, let's quickly play the uh, intro music, and then we'll get to the meat of the show. Pedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 20 
we have a few things that we want to talk about. Now, kind of tease a, a little bit. Uh, Andrew Baggerly had a resolutions piece that kind of fit what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. So I want to get to that. The Athletic has a survey that they are uh, putting together about baseball. So I want to get into that. I actually want us to answer that on the air together. So we'll have the little video of the survey going in. But uh, before that, Brad wants to play a game that he calls Would You Ever? Is it Would You Ever? Is that right? No, I don't know. Would You Rather? <laughs> would You Rather? Would you, would you Rather? <laughs> Who knows? You're right. That, I screwed it up. <laughs> Gosh. I should have wrote it down. That's uh, hey, I, I just made it up today. So um, <clears throat> maybe I'm still uh, got feelers out for an official uh, trademarked name on this. <laughs> I don't really know yet. Um, <clears throat> but you have, I, th- I gave you a couple of slides. And, uh, you know, it, it, Really, the only news out there right right now is kind of like made up news. Um, basically, you know, we can go out and sign this guy. Yeah. Uh, what happens if when this when the uh, lockout is over, we sign this guy instead? So there's a lot of just speculation and things going on right now. So I thought I'd play a little. Would you rather? So I threw a couple names out there. So I got a couple of pitchers. I got a uh, pitcher A, player A, player B. I think um, I can. Let me. See if I can add these to the video here. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And let's get this up. So, unfortunately, for the uh, the audio, you won't see this, but we'll try yeah. and describe it as We're gonna best throw it in. Yeah. as possible here. Yeah, we'll throw out numbers. We'll keep you abreast of the situation. Okay. There we go. So player A and player B, a couple pitchers <clears throat> out there right now as free agents. Um, so when the lockout is over, these are a couple of players that the, the Giants could go after. Um, these are their stats at Oracle over their careers. So player oh, wow. A is 6-0 and with an ERA of 1.74 in 57 innings at Oracle. Player B is 14-5. and You can probably guess who that is. With a 1.52 ERA and yes. 178 innings pitched. At Oracle, um, player A has a batting average against at Oracle of two one nine, OPS against of five ninety eight, and a BABIP against of two seventy three. Uh, player B, his batting average against at Oracle is point one eight eight, OPS against is point four eight one, and BABIP is two forty. So I'm going to give it to you, Garrett. Okay. Um, you, you can you can take one of these players. I'm not going to say a contract or anything like that. But if you saw these two players, uh, free agent, and you looked at their numbers at Oracle, and you say, well, these guys are pretty good at Oracle. Who would you rather have, player A or player B? Okay. I will take player B. Now, the fact that he has so many wins and losses against the Giants at Oracle – Means that he's had uh, a probably probably a fairly lengthy career, so hopefully this isn't a five year deal. <laughs> I, and and I I mean I gotta imagine that that's Kershaw. Yes. And how that did we Kershaw. beat Kershaw five times? That's what I want to know. I, I don't uh, remember five times at Oracle. It's when I think we Mad, beat him once last I think year. It's when I Mad Bum hit a solo home run against him one game. Uh, yeah, gosh, I can't even. I'd have to go back and look to see those five losses that he took but um so you're passing passing on player a is player a zach grinky 
It is. It okay. is Zach Greinke. Okay. And he has pitched quite a few games because he did pitch for the Dodgers, uh, pitched for the Diamondbacks, so he pitched quite a few. That's why I picked these two guys because they do have a history yes. at Oracle. So I thought, okay, these guys are going to have some numbers. I was surprised, though, with how few innings pitched Greinke has at Oracle. Yes. Um, but, you know, 57 compared to... Uh, Kershaw's 178 is pretty astronomical. Um, He's pitched an entire season against the Giants at Oracle. (laughs) He pretty much, I mean, he has a 14 and five record. (laughs) That is a regular season. Can you imagine Kershaw pitching at Oracle? I mean, you know, again, this goes back throughout their entire career. Yes. Um, I could have, I could have gone with the last couple of years or maybe the past, like, I don't know, 10 starts each um, for each player at Oracle. But then it starts getting weird because then you're looking at Granky many years ago versus sure. uh, uh, Kershaw a couple times last year and then 2020. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, Granky might be the better obvious, um, like uh, I, I would say, budget. Mm-hmm. You know, budget guy between the two because I think Kershaw is going to command a fairly decent salary, but you never know. Um, Grinky, yeah, Grinky cool. might be gettable for the Giants. Um, I, I, and I, I think so. And you know, I, I, I think the how old is Zach Grinky? Isn't it like in his late thirties? He's um ninety seven. <laughs> now let me check. He's been around for a long. Thirty eight years old. Thirty eight. Okay, so here. so here's the thing about about Granky is is just the overall mileage on his arm. Right now, if you go back even three years, so let's go back to the 2018 season. Mm-hmm. Um, pitched for the Astros, pretty. I, I would say. Above average, um, you go back even a couple more years uh, above average. You, you'd have to go back to 2015 to where he was like the dominant guy that we remember. He's right. pitching. He's pitching for the Dodgers. He's 19 and three, 1.66 ERA, um, 0.844 WHIP. He's a runner-up for Cy Young. Uh, he's a uh, gold glover. So, you know, it has been six years since he's really been a stud. Well, the- uh, I mean, take a look at 2019, though. 2019. Yeah, I mean, uh, his his counting stats are, are tremendous. Yeah. He's 19 yeah, yeah, and yeah, five. Yeah. Right. Uh, ERA is a little bit higher than uh, the, the greatest years of his career. And also sure. um, the uh, the strikeout per nine. Uh, is is sort of human compared to uh, you know what you would remember, but yeah, look, look, he can yeah. he can fit in as like a three four five guy immediately today uh, with who the Giants have as their starting pitchers, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I'm for it. I'm sure it would be a short term kind of thing. He is at the end of his nearing the end of his career. The here's the other thing though, because you hear these stories about him just being like a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> like just having uh, a yeah. weird personality. Yeah. Now I feel like because of the Giants clubhouse, it'd probably fit in pretty well. <laughs> right. Because they're, you know, they're not to say that the Giants necessarily have a wacky clubhouse themselves, but they're pretty, they're pretty loose. They have a young manager, you know, they communicate, they have all of these different coaches and therapists and X, Y, and Z. So I feel like Granky would be very welcomed 
in that clubhouse and uh, I'd be for it, but I do, I do kind of wonder like, you know, you bring in a guy like that. He's been a Dodger. He's been a Royal. Like we faced, uh, we faced him. So since 2013 to 2019, he's been in our division. Do you think there's any worry? Worry is the wrong word because uh, he, he, he was pitching in Houston after, they are accused of, or, or was it during the season that they were accused of cheating? Let's see. He was, <clears throat> he got traded there in 2019. Yeah. So it so would have been the year was, before, right? Where they really were like into the cheating stuff big time. Uh, no, no, that was pretty much after. Okay. Okay. 2017 was the cheating world series. Um, 2018, I think they were kind of doing a little bit. By 2019, guys were suspended. Okay, uh, okay. Managers were suspended. Uh, you know, Beltran did the whole backing out of being a Mets uh, manager and, and all that. So, yeah. So, he doesn't have that stink to him mm. at all. So, that that's also a positive thing. Yeah, I think so. And Kershaw is also kind of a weird dude, too. But he's nice guys. Yeah, yeah, and him and Bell, yeah, they would get along really well. And it, you know, it, and actually, um, where I started to actually kind of like Kershaw and kind of respect him more was um, listening to him on the Smartless podcast. Okay, about my a, wife listens to that. Yeah, about a year ago, he was on the Smartless podcast. That's uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and uh, Sean Hayes from. Um, will and grace and uh they do a fantastic podcast if you haven't listened to it you really need to if you if you like comedy and you, and you like um you know great interviews with i mean gigantic guests like paul mccartney what their whole concept is each of them pick uh each podcast somebody they'll rotate somebody will pick somebody to be on the podcast and nobody knows who it is except for the person that picked them and they'll surprise them with this guest. So one time, I think Jason Bateman, because he's a big Dodger fan, he picked Clayton Kershaw and he knows mm -hmm. him well, brought him on the show. And it was a really, really good interview. And uh, he had a lot to say about, you know, what goes on in the clubhouse and, you know, how they goof around and keep light and different things. And so it was really fun. So I thought, oh, you know, he's kind of a dude who I think would fit in with the Giants um, in, in their uh, clubhouse as well. Just kind of a, a loose guy, likes to have a good time. Um you know, and he's nasty on the mound, so that's you can't go wrong there. But yeah, I like your pick. I'll go with Kershaw as well. All right. So what is the next one here? All right, next one. Giants have a little bit of a hole right now at second base. So these are um, stats for two players uh, who can play second base, as you can see by their fielding percentage. They are not the best second baseman, but you know they're not bad. Nine seventy eight, nine seventy seven. Um, um, uh, gloves at second base. So player A uh, last year hit 280 with a 748 OPS and a 103 OPS plus and a war of 1.1 fielding percentage of 970, 978. Player B 273 average, 813 OPS, 118 OPS plus, war of 0.7, fielding percentage of 0.977. I mean, really close, right? Can you pick one of these players to to be a Giants' <laughs> second baseman next year? Um, so the war being heavier or being higher on player A, even though the OPS and the OPS plus 
is higher on player B makes me wonder a bit. The thing that I don't know is I have no idea who either of these guys are. You're going to have to tell me who they are after I make my right. decision. I am going to go with player. Well, I, can, I, I can tell you player A has a little bit of a higher war because of uh, uh, more, more games last year. Okay. Not, not by many, but, but more games. I'm going to guess also that he may be a slightly better defender. So I will go with player A. Okay. So you just brought Donnie Barrels back to the Giants. Oh, well, maybe not the, not a greater yeah. defender. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the reason I threw those out there is I just wanted to show people too the Giants have a little bit of a hole at second base. Player B is Tyro Estrada. Oh, we wow. already have him. So, have or we had both guys. We'll yeah, see. So, we'll see about Donnie Barrels. So, we basically, with Donnie Barrels walking, Donnie Barrels is a free agent. Tyro Estrada is basically can be the same guy. He had a bit of the same season last year. Um, fewer games. That fielding percentage was uh, nine seventy seven. He played the majority of his games at second base last year, but as we know, he, he also played a lot of shortstop. Mm -hmm. um, but his fielding percentage at second base was nine seventy seven. A little bit more pop too, which probably is the reason yeah. for the OPS and the OPS plus higher. I actually like Estrada better as a player for the team, just because of the ability to play two positions. Um, Donnie Barrels, of course, in 2020, you know, in that shortened season, what an amazing season. You know, you cannot take that away from him, but probably more of an outlier than anything else. Uh, yeah. And you would hope that Estrada will be cheaper and he's got a little bit higher of an upside because Donnie Barrel is a little bit older. So I absolutely 100% chose incorrectly. <laughs> But but hey, you know what? It's hard to it's it's really hard when you're just looking at stats. If I would have thrown the age up there, you would have gone player B in heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Um, because Tyra Estrada is what, 20 uh well, now now I gotta look. Now I gotta look. I'm not just gonna throw out uh ages here without looking. And of course they're just gonna make it, give me his birth date, so now I'm gonna have to do math. <laughs> now you gotta do math again. The I've already podcast done math comes <laughs> full circle. <laughs> 9606, 16, 20. Uh, so he'll be uh, 26 in February. Okay, yeah. Cairo Estrada. So. And so that also means that they probably have his free agent rights, you know, for a little while longer. So, yeah. I'm in. Absolutely. So I'm in for Tyro. Right. Now we need an outfielder, yes. preferably left fielder. Um, and we need a right handed bat. Yes. We lost uh, Chris Bryant. We're going to talk about this in a little bit too. Andrew and Baggerly wrote yes. a really nice article. And Buster. And Buster. So Buster's gone. Um, Chris Bryant is gone. So here's here's three players for you. Player A, player B, and player C. Uh, these are their 21 stats versus left-handed pitchers. Uh, oh, wow. These are all right-handed batters. I know. I mean, this is like pretty darn close, but you can only pick one. This is, this is like... Like th this is probably the exact slide that Farhan is looking at right now. <laughs> exactly. And you're going to be <laughs> very surprised who one of these players is. Okay. Uh, played appearances, 153 for player A, player B, 155, player C, 104. So pretty, pretty close. Uh, averages, player A, 284, player B, 306, player C, 283. Again, you know, 20 points difference for player B. Um, Home runs, 9, 10, 9, right there. RBI, 22, 28, 21. OPS, 9, 10, 9, 45, 
1.007, a little bit more power at player seat. BABIP, 284, 333, 299. So you got player A, player B, player C. Can I ask you, Yes, is one of these players Darren Ruff? It is. Okay, I I don't know which one, but one of them is Darren Ruff. One of them is Darren Ruff. Okay, so obviously, I don't know the defense for each guy because we're only looking at offensive numbers. Oops, sorry. And there might um, be a DH, so you can kind of, you know, defense great. But you can also throw that out because we have some defensive guys in Duggar, Slater. You can move those guys around. Okay. I am going to go with player C. His stats look a little bit more realistic to me. The 333 BABIP, it's not like a crazy BABIP. Uh, for those you know who don't know, batting average on balls in play when it's and when it's really high sometimes there's some luck involved and so that 333 could be Tony Gwynn or it could be somebody who just got lucky <laughs> against left handed yeah. pitching so i'm going to go player c because i i feel like just based on what i can see a little bit more power ops a little bit higher but also the babip looks a little bit more realistic to their actual batting average which was 283 whereas player b had a 306 batting average, but the BABIP was was way higher. So um, probably a lot of strikeouts involved there. Um, that's actually really interesting that player A's average and BABIP are the exact same. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I couldn't believe that one. When I was looking these players up, I thought, wow, uh, I don't see that very often. That is a uh, – so you call that pretty much a true batting average. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> that's as true as it gets. All right. I'll go with player C. So player C. All right, that's good because we get to save lots of money because you just basically re-upped Darren Ruff. There we go. So, so that's great. So so Darren Ruff is our new left fielder. Well, as, is there, is, there an, the is there a defensive BABIP? Like when they hit the ball to you, how often is it a, a hit versus you catch it? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's Yeah, that's a good one because that's kind of tough. So player A is Chris Bryant. Player B wow. is Nick Castellanos. Wow. Yeah. So That's we amazing. have we have our Chris Bryant. We well, without the playing eight different positions. And you know, he doesn't run as yeah. well because Chris no. Bryant can run pretty well. Just Castellanos yeah. doesn't run, does he? Uh you know, he's he's got he's got some wheels. Okay. He's, yeah, he's not Darren Ruff. He's uh, he's better than Darren Ruff when it comes to wheels. So, yeah. So, so, so again, I, I like to throw these things out there and I like to look them up myself too, because I, I keep thinking, Oh, we got to go out and give this guy lots of money, lots of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Darren Ruff is not going to be Chris Bryant. He's right. not going to be Nick Castellanos. He's older than these guys. Um, but when you're looking at a platoon player, um, so if the giants go out and happen to sign, uh, you know, a, a a left-handed bat, you've got Darren Ruff and you've got a left-handed bat that can platoon in left field. So there are options. There are plenty of options for the Giants once, um, you know, this lockout is over in the next, what, day or two? No, I don't. <laughs> started talking yet, right? I mean, <clears throat> that'll be, that would be awesome if they're just like, you know what? We're back. Yeah, yeah we're good. This no, is yeah, over. We, yeah, we agree on everything. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. Uh, all right, no, that, that was a great exercise because cool. what you just did is probably closer uh, to what the executives do when they look at stuff like this because 
you're you're exactly right. The Giants killed right-handed pitching, right? right. Um, and and so you know they have lots of lefties who can swing the bat, but it was the other side where they're losing with Chris Bryant with Buster Posey. And Joey Bart is probably not going to be able, you know, he's a young guy, so we can't expect him to fill every possible um, spot that that Buster did. And so you do look at someone like Darren Ruffin, you go, okay, well, he's there. He's already on our roster. He's cheaper than these guys. And if this is what we're looking at, this is what we value against. And I'm sure there's like there, there's an analytic of like, how many dollars per home run against left-handed yeah. pitching, you know, that kind of stuff too, oh, yeah. because when you run uh, a front office, that those are things you got to look at. Yeah. All right. No, those, that was, that was, so, that was a lot of fun. Cool. All right. So let's do, um, let's talk about Baggerly's piece because he very much did something similar that we've been doing, which is kind of like, you know, what's the resolution for, for the giants in 2012. He didn't look at, specific players on the team but i wanted to go through a couple of these because i thought you know i thought they were really good and i also thought that they complemented what we've been saying very well and the first one is acquire right-handed hitting and you know the the numbers that kind of stand out and and i'll i'll first i'll i'll throw the numbers at you and then i'll throw a couple guys who baggerly throws in this piece and you know see if there's anybody that catches your fancy so the Giants need to replace 368 batting average, 429 on base, and 1051 OPS against left-handed pitching. Because that's what Buster Posey hit against left-handers <laughs> in 60 yeah. games last season. So Buster Posey raked against lefties. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Joey Bart, he's going to get every shot, I think, to succeed. But it is not realistic to expect him to do that against lefties. No. So uh, th- there are a couple of names that are in there. So Baggerly talks about Castellanos, and he he mentions the, Gr- the Grant Brisby article where you know there's a little bit of a comparison to Aaron Rowan when it comes to guys who are swing first type of players. The, 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 it, does, it doesn't age very well as a skill set. He throws out a name that I thought was very interesting. Andrew McCutcheon. Now, we've had Kutch before. Great guy. He wasn't the Andrew McCutcheon of the Pirates in his heyday when we got him, but was a he he, he was a dependable player. He just wasn't the super stud player that he was when he was, you know, finishing in, in top tens and MVPs. But as a Darren Ruff-like player, where he probably only plays against lefties, or he's a defensive, or he's a someone you know you play late because he can also run a little bit. What do you think about bringing Kutch back? You know that's <clears throat> that's interesting. But again, just having our little exercise that we did, we already have. Darren Ruff, yeah, um, you, you know, and and you've got right-handers, you've you've got um, Slater, so uh, I don't know, I don't know about bringing in Kutch. I mean, it is interesting when you look at what he hit last year. Overall, he hit two twenty-two. So yes, yeah, um, he he's only going to be playing against lefties most likely. 
but we have so many players in the outfield right now. And, and also, um, you know, the Giants still have Jalen Davis that they haven't really That's a good one. gotten to see completely yet what he can do. So I don't know if bringing McCutcheon in would be the greatest thing. I love the guy. I mean, I, he's one of my favorite player, players of all time uh, since he came into the league. He was just so exciting and fun to watch. Um, and so when he became a Giant, I was super jacked. I was like, hey, this is great. I know it's five years too late, but I'm super happy. Um would love to see him back with the Giants in some capacity. Um, I just don't know if this is the right year for that. Got it. But, but w- I'm sure now we don't know how much he's going to cost. Right. But Seiyu Suzuki is someone who you'd be for signing, right? Oh, I mean, as much 100%. as we know about him, we don't know a ton about him, but all the things that we know about him. Yeah. If you can get a younger, controllable guy like that um, with big power potential who can play every day, um, almost every day. I know the Giants aren't an everyday type of ball club. You don't throw guys out there every day really anymore. Um, but if you can get, get a guy like him is going to play 120, 130, maybe 140 games, um, uh, and, and he's got the power potential and the batting average potential, I say absolutely 100%. But, um, you know, McCutcheon and him like night and day. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so the second thing that, that uh, and Andrew mentioned, and this is why he's such a good writer, because we didn't really think about this. But in 2021, the Giants made so many moves because they had the opportunity with the roster flexibility. So sending guys down, bringing them back up. Lamont Wade Jr. goes down. Lamont Wade Jr. comes back up two day, you know, two weeks later. Uh, Dubon goes down. He comes back up. He goes back down. <laughs> Same with Estrada. They were able to be so flexible with their roster because they had a ton of guys who had options. And now, because they use all those options, <laughs> they do not have that flexibility. So yeah. they're going to have to figure out how to create flexibility so they can do that dance. Now, I don't think Lamont Wade is going down he he's he has created his opportunity and he is a valuable member of this team. So I don't think that's gonna happen, but they do they are going to probably have to make some trades or pick up players who they can depend on for partial uh season and then be able to send back down so that in case somebody gets hurt, they can bring up another arm. So there is that. Now there's not nothing for us to really examine here because this is just uh, uh, something that that Baggerly thinks that they need. I wanted to point it out because it's not anything I didn't I, I really thought about. But uh, that's why, again, that's why he's a really good writer. He thought about well, it. You know, and, and again, he brings up a really good point, too, because the tough thing is going to be Dubon and Estrada. Um, I mean, now and then you've got Longoria and you've got uh, Brandon Crawford uh, and, and um, Listella. I mean, you've got an infield that's kind of packed at this point. So if you bring in somebody else, it's got to be somebody with options at this point because you you can't just bring in, you can't just sign another middle infielder who has no options because then some of these other guys are going to have to go. So, um, you know, the Giants are kind of stacked there. I mean, not, you know, like massively stacked. It's not like they have a bunch of, uh, you know, a rods in the middle of the infield or anything, but they, you know, they do have some viable players that they probably don't want to get rid of at this point, unless there was somebody that came in that really absolutely pushed somebody else out. Yes. All right. The next thing that he mentions is uh, just the fact that they need to, because of the, the fact that, you know, everyone's asking, you know, who are we going to sign? Who are we going to sign? They have utilized a lot of 
free agents, uh, a lot of Zadie and company really studying uh, the waiver wire and studying free agents and who's out there and who are teams willing to give up. But it, it is time for them to get somebody who can maybe be that right-handed bat that we're asking for. Maybe a Helio Ramos. Um, maybe Sean Jelly comes in and is the formidable fifth man in starting rotation. So, his, uh, you know, obviously Joey Bart's going to be a, a big-time part of this. But also, you know, the, there are people who they may be able to count on, especially towards the second half of the season, who could be who they who we as fans are actually looking for in the free agent market. Yeah, and and like I always say whenever we're doing this show too, I'm not the biggest uh, brain when it comes to our farm system. So I love reading these articles because it always gives me insight to, oh yeah, that's right, Carson Ragsdale. I mean, we, you know, some names that you hear in spring training and as the season goes along, you kind of forget about because you're so entrenched and, you know, Camilo Duvall came up and, you know, this happened and Tyler Rogers is pitching like this and everything else. So it's fun to read these articles because then you start to kind of remember, Hey, our farm system is stacked. It's kind of, it's kind of nice. So, so yeah, if we can get some of those younger guys to come up and contribute, um, most of the guys who contributed last year in the waiver wire shuffle were, um, you know, trades, the, the just quick little trades for cash or here and there, Tyro Estrada, you know, grab him and, and, and God, how, how big was he for us last year, um, in the waiver wire or in the, um, uh, option shuffle back and forth between triple A and the majors. So, yeah. All right, and the, this fourth one is something that we've been talking about, rotation. You know, again, the Giants are looking to fill 162 starts, not, you know, not necessarily five players each with 30-plus starts. So the guys that, that he throws out there are some of the guys that you just mentioned in our, in our exercise. He said, Clayton Kershaw would be hilarious. Zach Grinke <laughs> probably makes more sense. How about a rehab candidate like Danny Duffy? whose curveball characteristics cause analytics to wolf whistle and who <laughs> hopes to be healthy by mid-June. Uh, but then he also talks about our uh, our eligible guys, uh, like the guys who are on the A's, Bassett, uh, Manea, Montes. Now, when it comes to those our uh, eligible guys, you have, you know, the, the prospects will be a little bit heavier than, say, someone who's going to be a free agent sooner yeah. than later. Um, and that, But then, you know, he he... he is, is a little bit more realistic and says, well, you know, we got Logan Webb. Uh, what about bringing up Jelly? What about Castro and Long and Baragar who, you know, they can be stretched out to throw more than an inning or two. And, you know, we can sort of utilize those 162 starts a little bit more creatively. I would imagine that's more realistic, but I do feel like if, Farhan added a veteran like Granky just to kind of broaden the back end of that rotation. It would probably make fans feel a little bit better. Yeah, like we were talking about earlier too. You, I mean, I mean, you got age, right? You got thirty-eight for Granky. You got thirty-three for Kershaw. But I mean, that's what you need right now. Because how old's Lenscombe? Let's bring Lenscombe back. Yeah, he's probably around. <laughs> I think he's right around Kershaw's age, right? Yeah, Somewhere yeah. in there. I don't know. Um, he, he may but, be throwing. 
81 these days. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But as long as it, the, yeah, he can throw an 81 mile an hour fastball and a uh, 52 mile an hour changeup. Yeah, I know. God, I love that guy. No yeah. matter what, I love that guy. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, because I mean, Webb is your is your ace. Um, you know, Disclafani is kind of a veteran. Woods a veteran at this point, but. And then you get a big time veteran like Granky or Kershaw um, with that track record that they have, the postseason track record, too. That's, yes. that's always huge. And if the Giants are looking to get back to where they want to get back, um, and 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 who knows? I mean, you know, just so much speculation. It could be there could be two more National League uh, playoff teams this coming season. We don't we don't know yet. I mean, there are all kinds of things going on. So, um, and once all that's figured out, man, I mean, the Giants could even end up with both those guys, Kershaw yeah. and Granke. I mean, they pitched together in in L.A. and and maybe they'd like to pitch together again. Who knows? I think our hope our hope is. Kershaw's like looking for like a five-year deal. Yeah. Doesn't find it. And the Giants are like, ah, what about one for 20? Like, you good? You can build yourself back up, go out in the market next year. I mean, that's probably more realistic. Yeah. And, you know, the last one is not something that you and I are going to discuss because we are not close to this situation. But he says, take care of your people. Um you know, he's talking about employees. He's talking about fans. He's talking about opening up the ballpark so that the, all the concessions are open and also paying those workers who are working during a pandemic. So that is yeah. something that Andrew uh, very much cares about. And I appreciate that as a, as a fan that he cares about that. All right. The last part of our show here to end the show, we are going to do the Athletics National Major League Baseball Fan Survey. And we'll do this together. Brad and myself will do this as a team. We'll also think of it sort of as the voice of the podcast as well. <laughs> there you go. So let's, uh, let me see if I can figure out how to share this screen here. I think I can share a tab and that should work. Everybody should be able to see that now. They could still see our faces. They could also see the tab of the survey. I'll make it a little bigger. And for you, for you folks who are listening only on the podcast, we will, uh, we will read out every question. Okay, Brad, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. <clears throat> All right. Which- time. I just did. I just finished doing math with the kid. <laughs> now I'm, I'm ready. Let's do it. You know what? You know what's hilarious about you doing math? Yeah. And in saying, you know, how frustrating it was. Your entire would uh, would you rather segment was all based on yeah, all statistics math. and analytics. Absolutely, all math. I did really, really good in statistics <laughs> uh, statistics class. Uh, every other math blew it up like just <laughs> disgusting, ugly. Yeah, I'm really good with stats because of baseball. So, yeah. Okay, now <laughs> our uh, our answers here may be a little bit influenced by the fact that the Giants had such a great season, but we'll try to not be. Just biased on that, but first question, which of the following best describes your feelings about the current overall state of the MLB? Happy, hopeful, disappointed, angry, or indifferent? I, I mean, right now, at this moment, we're angry. I think we're angry. Right. We, we're uh, disappointed, angry, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we want some baseball back. We want it, More than anything, we just want these guys talking. I mean, yes. the holidays are over. Get together and start throwing things out there and coming to an agreement. So there you go. 
I like that. I would. Uh, I like angry over disappointed because yeah. uh, angry, you're kind of telling them like, look, guys, like this is billionaires arguing <laughs> right. with millionaires and yeah. we the fans pay for all of it. So, yeah, we should I, be angry. We are. The I, am pro- I am protesting fanatics.com right now. This is usually <laughs> the time of year. I take any kind of Christmas money I have. I go to fanatics Heck or yeah. Amazon and I start buying some Giants gear, but I am waiting. I am protesting. I bought like four Giants hats last year from fanatics. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. All right. Who are you most upset with over the MLB's lockout and ongoing labor strife? Owners, players, or both equally? Both equally at this point, because again, like I just said, uh, get in the war room, hash it out, uh, bring your monster energy drinks and your you know coffee, your Keurigs, bring everything you got, and just you know sit down for a couple of days. So I'm uh, both equally because they're both pointing fingers. It's the whole pointing finger thing that's getting just okay. Cold. Can I sell you? Mm-hmm. A little bit on being angrier at the owners. Here's why. Yep. I have a problem because I feel like I watch the players, I root for the players, and I just I want the owners to be there. Look, look, the owners are making money hand over fist. Right. They they are raking in the cash, they're reinvest like you know, ask ask a baseball owner if they want to sell their team. They're like, are you crazy? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, there's no way. This is how I make money. <laughs> so because of that, I always lean towards the players. Now, it is not a lean towards the players where I have empathy for these guys. No way. Mm. These guys get to do a job that they love. We, we both played baseball when we were younger. If someone told us they were going to pay us millions of dollars to play baseball, we would figure out where to sign the contract before they told us no like that's yeah. how much yeah so I, I, it's not about empathy for the players but when the owners are so rich and you don't get to see that in the public all the players salaries the salary cap you know trevor bauer what he does in his in his private life all of that stuff is out there the owners can kind of chill out and nobody really looks at the owners until they, they do something really dumb. So I would say I am more angry at the owners because I feel like they get the better end of the deal when it comes to this stuff. They cry about, you know, not earning enough money and really they're just lying. So I would rather sit with the players here. I'll go with you on that. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely go with you on that because, uh, yeah, you can't replace, let's say you had to replace a Logan Webb. You can't do it. If you needed to replace an owner, yeah, next guy would step up. Plus, that old guy who's like the majority owner of the Giants, he's probably not that good of a guy. No, so. I don't think so. All right. Do you expect the lockout will cause spring training to be shortened or canceled? Yes or no? At this point, I do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, that one's easy. Yeah. Do you expect the lockout will delay or shorten the regular season, which is a harder question? Mm, I don't. At at this point, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic, so I'll say no. I, I'm going with you, though. I think if they use the spring training as a little bit of a bargaining chip to get the players talking again, they could. Um, what they could do is sort of get schedule creative and all of a sudden the players have to play more games in a short amount of time. That could happen. But I, I like you, I hope that it does not uh, shorten 
or delay it, it, it they yeah. could delay it a week and then all of a sudden they got to you know they, they have one or two less off days a year i hope that doesn't happen either but uh, I, I think that is a little bit more realistic than actually shortening the season because yeah. shorten season the owners get it hit in the the pocketbooks too yeah miss games all right this one's a fun one how would you rate <laughs> rob manfred uh, in his job as mlb commissioner where's the zero i don't see i only okay. see one to, i don't see a zero all right <laughs> i was i was gonna ne- negative click, two i was gonna click one but i thought i was being a little maybe a little bit mean but now that you're with me let's mm-hmm. just go for yeah, it one like yeah especially I, when he fired ken rosenthal uh, give me a break I, I, I was optimistic when he took over but it has gone nothing but downhill ever since so yeah all right which of these issues would you most like to see addressed this offseason? Check up to five. Pace of play designated here. I think we both want to see yeah, that addressed. Definitely. Minor league pay and living conditions, service time, years into free agency, tanking, broadcast, blackouts, automatic, ball strike. Uh, if we are talking about the uh, end of our uh, playoff round against the Dodgers, that is yes. <laughs> and revenue yeah. sharing. I chose two. Yeah. Why don't you dra- grab two? Uh, uh, we'll... Broadcast blackouts, absolutely. As okay. a broadcast guy, I, I want to be able to see the Giants anywhere, anyhow. Uh, I don't, I, you know, th- there should be no reason I should buy the MLB.com app and not be able to watch the Giants in my market. So that's definitely, um, oh man, minor league pay and living conditions go with that. One. I mean, those guys play super hard and crappy, crappy conditions most of so the time. I think, um, service time manipulation years until free agency, those are kind of related. Yeah. Pace of play is important. Yeah. Um, tanking, thankfully, the Giants don't really do that kind of thing revenue sharing i i'm just gonna say pace of play because i think it affects us as the fan uh more so than these other things like we like we we understand that service time gets manipulated but that's more for the players than it is for us so i wanted to pick one about the fans so we'll go with yeah pace of perfect play. I like okay it. which one of these changes would you most like to see the mlb adopt to add uh, to address tanking Instituting a draft lottery, reverse draft order for non-playoff teams, which would be wacky as all hell. Mm-hmm. Prevent teams from picking top five in consecutive drafts. Set a salary floor or no changes. I like the salary floor. I've always liked that. I thought that that was a really good idea. Let's go Should with that. I, the the other, I mean, we've seen a draft lottery in basketball. They're still tanking. (laughs) Uh, Reverse draft order for non-playoff teams is super interesting because Mm -hmm. if you are the Giants and you miss the playoffs by a half a game or a game, then you get the first pick of the draft. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that one's uh, that one's a little tough. I'm not not on board with that one. All right, are you in favor of a salary cap system with a cap cap and floor in Major League Baseball? Yes, absolutely. I like the floor. I don't know if I like the cap. But I do like the floor, and I think that that should definitely be instituted. I don't mind the cap because I like what it's done to the NFL, personally. I I really like that. I like the fact that most teams can come out of nowhere the next year if they make some good signings and, uh, you know, they have a cap, so you can't go too crazy. And if you're a good team, um, you know, the Rams keep putting out these contracts. So at some point it's going to catch up, um, but they, you get creative and different things happen. And I kind of enjoy that. 
All right. How many teams should make the playoffs? 10, which is what happens now. Mm-hmm. 14, as the MLB has proposed, or 16, like 2020. You know, I'm reading okay. Hank, uh, Hank Greenwald's book, the one that we both got off of eBay or whatever, yeah, where yeah. we got it, Amazon. And Bob Costas writes one of the intros. And he, it's, uh, I, this book is the year 2000, like right before Oracle Park, I think is when Hank wrote it. And Bob Costas is making fun of the idea that there is a wild card and multiple <laughs> divisions oh, no. then you know three divisions in each league he's like, yeah kind of that. Uh, okay so so you know, which one of these do you do you like well you and i just love baseball so yes. give me more games give me 16 teams do i you really care. you really like you liked I, the 2020 i i really really enjoyed that i had a great time having like five games a day in the playoffs i think that was just a blast I all right let's do it loved it i i don't i don't really have that hard of an opinion here because now the giants won three titles with the status quo right so that yeah. that they made sure. that work for them if more playoff games helps the owners concede a few things i'm all for it yeah yeah okay if you were mlb commissioner for a day what one on-field change would you implement you know, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Um, okay, uh, we mentioned this in the last oh, one. Yeah, I, th- I know what you're going to say. So what? Wait. So we talked about a pitch clock. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I would say only because it's been proven to work in the minor leagues. Now yeah. there's another one which we talked about as well, which is the specialist role, which when you have to pitch to three batters is sort of eliminated. Yeah. And we talked about that one coming back as well. So I would I would be fine with either of those two. Yeah, I, I think all right, we're old. We like to go to bed early. Yes. Um <laughs> give us the 30 second pitch clock. <laughs> all right, we're going pitch <laughs> clock. That's number one. Yeah. All right. What is the ideal number of games in a season? 100, 120, 140, 154, 162. You know, honestly, I, I love stats. Don't mess with stats. Um, so changing from 162 would be really, really difficult for me. But that being said, if we had 16 playoff teams, you've got to lower the number of 162 games, yes, don't you? I agree. I mean, I agree. you'd have to come down to like 140. I I, I, you know, 140, I, I don't know how that would work with the schedule, but we know that they've done 154. Yeah. In the past. Like that's what right, it was right. before it was 162. So I'm fine with going back there. We're, no one's going to hit 73 home runs again anyways. So what no. do we care? The home run yeah. record will never be broken again. So we're fine with that. And and the beauty of baseball is it is it is summer. There's games every day. So if you do 154 games and then you have the 16 teams in the playoffs, but you start the playoffs just a little bit earlier than October 1st or 2nd, you start it in the middle of September, 150. As long as you don't take like, you know, a three-game series and a day off, a two-game series and a day off. The beauty of baseball is that you play pretty much every day. Uh, Us fans love that. There's always a game on every night, so don't change that. All right, so uh, are you in favor of the universal DH? I think we kind of talked ourselves into it over the offseason, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm are, you in, for that. are you in favor of the pitch clock? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you in favor of an automatic ball strike system in the MLB? This one is interesting based off of our first round playoff <laughs> against the Dodgers. <laughs> I don't know still, is there, and there's no I don't know. Then that's um, a no. I think that's a no. I'm going to go with no. Yeah, I cannot okay. I agree with you. That. 
I agree with you. As frustrated as we were, it would be very weird to play without a home plate umpire. I, I cannot imagine watching a game now and sitting there and going, uh, you know, when there's a borderline pitch and they get it, you know, the other team gets that strike. And, and, and one of my favorite things, I'd love to sit there and go, oh, okay, they're getting that. Yeah, so I'd like yeah. to see us get. I mean, it's you know, it's it's chess. That's what it's about. And you and and by making it you know robotic, you take chess out of it, kind of. All right, we'll push that to two thousand and thirty or later. I literally yeah. don't have how many questions are there. <laughs> Holy Jeez. moly! We may we may not be able to get through these. We'll go we'll go to number twenty well, and then we'll I mean, kind of end we, it. Can we pause and then next week we pick up the <laughs> <half? I> mean, <laughs> We'll go to twenty. I'll fill out the rest. Uh, right, but cool. but I, I think this is cool because <laughs> yeah. this is not a, this is not something that I necessarily think about all the time when it comes yeah. to baseball. So I like this. Okay, how should the MLB handle the sticky stuff enforcement in two thousand and twenty? To mm, wow. approve a substance for pitchers to use, which I think they've done in Japan yeah. uh, for the grip. Umpires check only if asked, like pre-2021. Continue regular umpire checks like 2021 or create a tackier baseball. Now, that may be what they've done in Japan is create a tackier baseball. Okay, if they've done that in Japan, let's do that because uh, the Japanese leagues seem to always kind of be a little bit ahead of us. I like yes. they, 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 you know, they seem to do things a little bit better. So let's go with whatever they chose. Okay, which recent MLB rule changes would you like to keep in the MLB? Extra running, uh, extra innings runner on second, seven inning double headers, three better minimum, limiting mound visits, restricting late Caesar roster expansion. I do not like that one at all. No, yeah, that that one's tough, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, the seven, yeah, yeah, let's keep. I like the, I like the, uh, the extra inning rule. I, I didn't know how I was going to like that. Damn, okay, so I then like we'll keep that. the extra inning rule. Yeah, I, I really like that. Now, would you change it to be like any inning after 12, you do the extra inning rule or do you like it actually yeah. in the 10th? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Anything. Let, let's go a couple of innings. Let's go uh 10th, maybe 11th. Yeah. Pushing it. And then in the 12th, you start with a runner at second. I like that. Yeah. All right. I think that, I think the 10th inning might be a little too early. Yeah. All right, which one recent MLB rule change would you most like the MLB to keep? Wait, which would you which recent MLB would you like the Oh, check all that Oh, apply. all that got apply. It, got okay. It. Um I don't like the seven inning doubleheaders cuz how often really are doubleheaders? Gonna yeah, be? yeah, yeah. I don't um, like any of these except well, you know, limiting mound visits is is yeah. pretty strategic. I, I'll I'll go with that, but I don't like these other ones. No, no. All right, so now, which one recent MLB rule change would you most like the MLB to keep? I think um, probably the uh, the runner on second rule. Yeah, as yeah, long as that, we can change it a little bit, I think that one works. Yeah. Which one recent MLB rule change would you least like the MLB to keep? Three batter minimum. Three burning. batter minimum. We both don't like that one. That's Poor awful. Javier Lopez would never yeah. exist in this world. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what experimental rule change would you like to see implemented in the MLB? Check all apply. Automatic ball strike. We already said no. Pitch clock. We said yes. Moving pitchers mound back. I don't like that because I think no. it would create injuries. Larger bases. I'm open to larger bases. I'm open to that. Yep. 
Uh, restricting defensive positioning. This is an interesting one. I'm I'm all for that. All right. If they do it right, you got to do it right. You still have to leave some sort of freedom to move around. You can't just be like, you know, you're in this circle. If they start putting circles in the field, I'm going to revolt if there's going to be a problem. <laughs> uh, we also agreed on tackier baseball. And I do not like limiting step-off and pick-offs because, yeah. uh, you know, That's pitchers... Crazy. Pitchers have their own sort of ways of dealing with uh, pressure situations. Now, if you have a pitch clock, then maybe, um, you know, maybe just in the back of their mind, that's maybe how they kind of gimmick the pitch clock. But yeah, so I, I don't know. Maybe, okay. maybe you do enforce that. But for now, I, I don't uh, we'll, we'll keep that open. Yeah. All right. Which one experimental rule change would you most like to see implemented in MLB? So what's the one that you would like the most out of all of these? I would say the most, the pitch clock. I think yeah. we're kind of big on that. You I agree. I, yeah. All right. Which one? The least. I'm probably saying moving pitchers mound back yeah. or restricting, not, not restricting. Um, yeah, I think, I think I would go with moving the pitchers mound back. I just, I just worry yeah. that, you know, everybody is so specifically trained and then you open up more arm injuries yeah. and all that. that. That's a whole generation of pitchers who are going to have to change. I mean, how many high school mounds are going to have to change? I mean, it's, it, it's a mess. Don't, don't do that. All right. Last two questions for us before we sure. end this. Let's go back to when baseball wasn't locked out. Which team won the MLB offseason? The, oh, <laughs> the Giants. Not the Giants. Was Rangers, it the Mets, right? the Tigers, the Rangers, the Blue Jays, or the Mariners? Yeah, the I, Rangers went they, crazy. I mean, they yeah. spent the most money. Jesus, yeah. I hope they won the offseason. <laughs> All right, last one. What was the most surprising free agent signing before the lockout? Corey Seager to the Rangers, Robbie Ray to the Mariners, Max to the Mets, Marcus Stroman to the Cubs, Javi Baez to the Tigers, or Kevin Gossman to the Blue Jays. I don't think that was surprising no. at all. Scherzer. I mean, that I mean that ridiculously stupid, crazy contract. That had to be the big one. I mean, Corey Seager kind of came in there, but he also knew he was going somewhere else, probably. Yes. But that Scherzer deal, good Lord. I mean, that, <laughs> as soon as that hit, everybody was like, what? Yeah. That was the big one. Yeah. All right. Thank you, survey. The athletic yeah. baseball survey. We got a lot of mileage out of that. Jeez, that was cool. um all right. So uh that'll be it for this week. Brad, thank you for putting together your uh, little graphics there. That was fun. Absolutely. And uh here's to something happening so that uh, we can talk about some news and analyze some news, but that might mean that both sides will have to start talking again. Well, we are already in the second week of January, so yeah. come on, guys. Like, let's get it going. Show yeah, the fans can... that you're very interested in this and that it's not just a competitive thing. It's uh, you're also wanting to get the game back. So, yeah, don't don't let the NFL playoffs take center stage, <laughs> man. Get in there, get in the rooms, and start talking. Make some exactly. make some noise and some news. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that'll be it from here. Uh, Brad and I will be back next week. So for Brad, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.